Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. If you would, go with me to 1 Samuel 24. 1 Samuel chapter 24. It's right before 2 Samuel. They put them in sequential order for you. Hallelujah. Talk about a man named David. I've taught a lot about David, and there is much to say about King David. Amen. So much we can learn from his life. And we know that he began as a shepherd boy, but God spoke over him that he would be a king, be the king of Israel, the second king of Israel. You know, he was... Uh, king over Israel called as a shepherd boy when he didn't really have much of a template. You know what I mean? Didn't really have a lot of precedent going before him. In fact, the, the king that he's replacing here, King Saul, you know, he started out good, but, but, but went off the wrong path and wanted to please himself, live for himself, serve himself rather than serve or remain as a king serving his king, God, and that, you know, anytime we don't keep ourselves in alignment, we've, we've talked about that a little bit lately and recently, but man, any, everything's compromised when our alignment doesn't remain under God as it should. It just, it just, it's not a way you want to live. Everybody in the Bible, regardless of the call and the plan and the purpose of God on their lives, uh, the, the moment they came out from under God's authority, the moment they came out from under uh, being submitted to him. Look, if we don't remain submitted to his authority, we won't remain in authority. And God has called you to be a person of authority in this earth today. Not to live dictated by the ways of the world and the things that come against us and the, the snares and the traps. We just got done singing that there is power in the name of Jesus. Well, guess what? He gave you that name. That name is yours. And when you speak the name of Jesus, Jesus himself shows up. I said, when you speak the name of Jesus, Jesus himself shows up. Many of, you, many of you know we are a church that preaches responsibility, that we take personal responsibility for the things that are within our possession, that are within our capacity to live out. If you look at the word of God, uh, God did um, some amazing things, but he always used mankind. Always. If he wanted to save a family from a flood, he had a man build an ark. If he wanted to deliver his people out of Egypt, he brought up a deliverer named Moses. When he wanted to lead uh, his people in the right ways, he raised up kings, raised up prophets. God isn't doing anything in this earth without using you and I. God isn't doing in the, anything in this earth without using mankind. You are paramount. You are valuable. You, you play a vital role to what happens in this planet. We are not here to watch. We are not bystanders. Uh, uh, we are not waiting in the by and by. We are here to take possession of the promise that God has called us to. The world is waiting for you to rise up. Romans chapter eight says that the world is groaning and waiting for the sons of God. You know what that tells me? That sons of God are rare. Not in number, but in perception. The 
that there are a lot of children of God roaming this planet that don't know they're children of God or don't know the capacity that a child of God possesses and can live and operate with. But when the church rises up, let me tell you right now, the, God is not on the edge of his seat wondering when this thing's all going to go uh, horrible. We know that trials and tribulations come. We know adversity is going to show up. We know days will get darker, but God's not, oh me, oh my, what's happening? He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows that the children of God will rise up when they're supposed to rise up, that they will rise to their calling, rise to their purpose, rise to their capacity. And I don't know, about you. I just want to be in that group. I just want to be numbered with that group. I heard someone say a profound statement on the the subject of conviction. And they were talking about the conviction that most believers live with. And and, uh, he was talking about how overseas, especially in Muslim areas and in the Middle East, uh, where that's really prominent. And there are literal physical attacks against Christians. I mean, we're, we're, we're having some attacks in our country uh, uh, against our values and our morals and our efforts, uh, but, but hasn't come to our doorstep as it has in other regions. And, and these people are literally being gunned down. Even worse, parents are watching their children be gunned down in front of them if they don't denounce Jesus Christ. That's literally happening. Heads are coming off. Blood's being shed. Lives are being taken. And this individual that I was listening to earlier this week, he said, uh, we're not ready for that in America because we won't stand up for Jesus in the workplace. We won't stand up for what we believe in our own churches sometimes. Even in these own houses of God, we are confused about uh, our Christianity and what we believe in theology. And, and there's so many questions. He said, we're not, we're not ready for that type of, for that level of commitment and that level of conviction to the cause of Christ. But there is a church that will rise up. There is a church that will stand in these last days. There is a church that will rise up to their calling, to their potential, to their purpose. And I don't know about you, I wanna be in that number, amen? And so we're talking about King David here and King David started out as a shepherd boy. How many of you know uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, you can just jot it down. That's kind of where we see the introduction of David. And um, I know I told you to go to Samuel 24, but I want to just get you caught up a little bit. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16, David is called. Uh, the prophet Jesse goes to his house, or the prophet Samuel goes to Jesse's house. We know that David was out in the, 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 the field with the sheep, right? Wasn't even invited to the party. Uh, we, at, at, there's somewhere between these seven sons, because uh, he was number eight, one of these seven sons is bound to be the king over Israel, right? Because man looks at what? The outside. God looks at what? The heart. We saw that last week. God is always looking at what's on the inside, and he does not compare it to what's on the outside. Thank God that my inside is not compared to my outside. Thank God my potential is not compared to my past, to my failures, to my challenges, to the struggles, to the things I deal with in this life and in this realm. But the potential of God within me is greater than what's around me and what's on me and what's going on in the world around me. There's something greater on the inside. Look at your neighbor say, there's something greater on the inside. There's something greater on the inside. There's greatness on the inside of every single person. You are royalty. You are a child of God. And so King David started out as a shepherd boy. 
potential on the inside to be a king, but was just shepherding sheep, cleaning sheep poop for a living, among other things. But he gets called in because God tells the prophet Samuel, I don't look as man sees. Man looks on the outside, I look on the inside. There's another one. Do you have another son? Well, yeah, I mean, there's David. He's just that little measly shepherd boy out there. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll call him in at some point. Well, go ahead and bring him in now. This is the one. He bows, he's anointed king right there on the spot. And he does what? Goes right back to the sheep. Goes right back doing what he was doing. Because you know what? This is the thing I want you to walk away with today. Purpose always has a path. Purpose always has a path. I was a part of a little panel this past weekend with Jerry Ann's conference and what an amazing job she did. And, and the whole conference was just phenomenal if you got to be a part. Uh, and I was on a little panel and Jerry Ann fired a question at me and she knew I would love I say that with sarcasm. She says, Pastor Mark, tell us about the process. Because I know you love the process. You love the journey. And as I shared with the people at the conference, I'm not a journey guy. I'm the guy looking through the windshield. I don't look at what's in the back seat. I don't look at where I've been. And uh, I'm not pulling over on the side, taking pictures and stopping for coffee and restroom breaks every 30 miles. Just get me to the destination, but the destination has a path. You may be in a shepherd field and you may be called to be a king. You may be called to the palace, but you're in the pasture. But guess what? The pasture, going from the pasture to the palace has a path. They all start with P. It's easy to remember. That's easy. Purpose has a path. And David went on a journey David went on a journey. He went on a journey to where he became the harp player for the very king that he was going to be replacing, even though this man had already, in God's eyes, been removed from uh, being qualified, being a candidate to rule over Israel. But there's a path. That path included playing the harp. He's in the palace, but he's not a king yet. Just submitting. Just moving on to the next thing. Went from the, the pasture to playing a harp. Then he gets sent as an errand boy, dropping off Lunchables to his brothers, bread and cheese from his dad. It's pretty much what he's doing. He was Uber before there was Uber. And he says, I'm here to bring you food, but I find out there's a battle. I'm gonna find out there's a war going on. Why isn't anybody challenging this giant? Why is anybody taking this guy on? Doesn't he know that he's defying the armies of God? You've heard me say it before, but people with purpose will always trump people with training. You've got a, a battlefield full of trained warriors, trained soldiers, but it takes one man with purpose to show up and say, what are y'all doing? You ever walked into a, a, a place where uh, maybe you're not qualified, maybe you don't belong, uh, uh, you're not trained as well, you don't have the degrees on the wall, but you can see the problem and find the solution at the same time. And you're like, you guys have been battling this for 20 years. I've got the answer if you'll listen to me. Just give me a sling and five stones. We'll take this thing out. What's the problem? So we know he eventually conquers the giant. And then he goes back to what? 
serving the king that he's supposed to be replacing. Now again, if it were me going all the way back to with the anointing oil dripping off of my head and off my clothes, it's running down onto my feet. You know what I'm doing? I'm getting on the, 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 the road trip back with the prophet and say, all right, let's go. Let's hit the palace. Let's get this thing going. But he went back to the pasture and then served the king that he would replace. Then he kills a giant with five stones and a sling. Then he goes back to serving that king once again. Then, because uh, King Saul is a maniac, King Saul at this point is absolutely losing it. He recognizes the call in the anointing. Man, I tell you what, when the anointing's on your life, even your enemies will, will recognize it. See, sometimes the devil knows more about us than we know about ourselves. Sometimes he knows that there's a call in your life more than we recognize it or want to yield to it or live in it. And even King Saul couldn't deny, this is the guy. This is the one. But because he's a maniac, he tries to kill David, so sends David on a run. So rather than taking the palace, he's running for his life. We're running backwards. Is the, have you ever noticed that the pathway to purpose sometimes seems to go in the wrong direction? You ever notice that? And now he's running. He cuts covenant and, and, and creates a bond with King Saul's son, Jonathan. So Jonathan actually gets him out of a few pretty dire situations. But then we jump ahead to 1 Samuel chapter from following the Philistines that it was told him saying, take note, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel. David must have been a threat. This shepherd boy must have been a threat. Takes 3,000 chosen men. And he went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. At this time, at this point, David was able to accumulate some guys that would go with him and fight for him and, and, and basically create his army. But David is not going after the throne. David is not a threat to King Saul. David recognizes until God removes that man, I'm not going to step into that place. The pathway to purpose many times will seem like it takes you on the, 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 the backwards way and you'll even have to find yourselves to submitting to things that eventually you will rule over. Eventually you will dominate. But the thing that God's really working on here, see, God wants to do a work in David before he does a work through David. I said, God wants to do a work in David before God does a work through David. He's already called him. He's already anointed him. He's already assigned him. Because that's how God likes to work. God likes to call you before you're qualified. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Amen? I said God does not call the qualified. If you're waiting to get the right degree, the right job, the right amount of money, marry the right person, live in the right place, move to the right place, go to the right church, whatever that is. If you're waiting for all that, God's not. He'll call you when you least, when you most least are a representative of what he's calling you to do. He'll call you to the palace when you're still working in the pasture. And so he's wanting to do a work inside of David because now this pathway is preparation for his purpose. So David has some 
tests to go through. And he went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goat. So he came to the sheepfolds, sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave. This road, this path brings them to a cave. And Saul went in to attend to his needs. Basically, uh, he went to use the restroom. It's basically what, we're, what he's doing here. He's, he's taking care of business. And... David and his men were staying in the recesses of the very cave that he stops off for a break. Then the men of David said to him, this is the day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him, watch this, as it seems good to you. The New Living Translation says, as you wish. And one thing I've noticed, even in my own life, is when I'm on this path to purpose, I know what God's called me to. I, I, I know the end result, the end goal, and, and, and seeing how I'm supposed to get from here to there can sometimes be questionable. It can seem contradictory. It seems like, God, you know, how are you calling me to, to do something that great, that mighty, that awesome? And do, you, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know uh, who I am? Do you know what I've done? But that's what God does is he confesses and brings to you your future regardless. God does not consult your past to determine your future. Future. He doesn't consult your current abilities. He doesn't consult the people around you. God's not looking for an opinion. He's not asking uh, for a vote who thinks David should be king. God says, this is my man. This is my guy. And I think he's going to be uh, phenomenal at it. And we're going to go on this path. And so now you get on this path and then you start looking for these little markers, these little indicators, right? When you're, when you're on a journey, when you're going from a destination, when you're driving from here to Orlando, there's certain signage you want to be looking for. Uh, you don't want to see a green sign that says Atlanta, uh, 300 miles. You're going the wrong direction. I just want you to know if you see Atlanta, you're going the wrong way. There's certain miles. There's, there's certain markers. There's certain signs. There, there's certain indicators that you're looking for along the way to say, God, at least let me know if I'm on the right path. At least let me know I'm moving headed in the right direction. Those are nice to have every now and then. It's nice when God gives you a little, a little word from somebody, a little word of encouragement. Uh, uh, it's nice if God will just give you little indicators here and there and say, all right, this is it. Oh man, that's good confirmation. I, I know it might not seem ideal, but at least I know I'm headed in the right direction. And so this to David could seem like a really awesome opportunity to get to where he knows ultimately He's going to be. See, the pathway to purpose goes through King Saul. King Saul has to be removed from the equation. We can't have two kings. And although this man is a maniac, he's crazy, he's completely lost it for 14 more years. David was about 15, 16 years old when he was anointed for another. He, he did not become king though he was 30. But right here in this moment, not too long after Goliath, an opportunity arises. You gotta, you gotta know, you gotta be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit when you're on your pathway to purpose. 
Because people will try to sway you and people will try to tell you, oh, that's of God. That's your opportunity. That's your open window. There it is. You want to take this. You don't want to miss this. Man, if you blow this, you need to know God's voice. And so David is in the recesses of this very cave that Saul is. And his men are like, this is your opportunity. He's unprotected. He's vulnerable. He's not in defense mode. We, this is it. This is the day which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand that you may do to him as it seems good to you. And I've noticed that on this path, there's always opportunities that seem good to us. There will be opportunities where you can do what you think is right. And it may seem like a direct path to where you know God's called you. But let me tell you something about this pathway to purpose. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts to God's path to purpose. There's no shortcuts. You can't stick this thing in the microwave and make it happen any quicker. You can't choose your own agenda your own way. There's no shortcuts. And so, David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Apparently, Saul had taken this robe off, laid it aside, cuts off a corner of Saul's robe. Now, it happened afterward, watch this, that David's heart troubled him. David's heart troubled him because, not because he had cut Saul's throat, because he had cut Saul's robe. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit on the inside giving you an indication, that's not my way. There will always be roads to take off, to divert, to, to go down a different path that may get you to the end goal quicker, but it's not. See, the path is your preparation. So if you shortcut and get to the destination, there's something along the way that you're gonna miss, that you're gonna need when you get to the destination. I don't know about you, but I wanna arrive at the destination with everything God has for me, being complete in who God has called me to be. And I don't wanna have bypassed anything. The worst thing ever is having to backtrack I don't know about any other guys uh, in this room, and I just might be sharing some personal information about myself. But one of one thing that I that I I I, I hate, abhor, with a passion, is when cars pass me. It's, I don't know what it is. Anybody with me? No, nobody's with me. Chase, all right, Chase. I got one. I got another one. What's even worse than that? I, I just, if a car's going faster than me, it's like, okay, yeah. we'll follow that guy then. I, that, that, I, I don't know. That's just something. But even worse, is pulling off somewhere and getting back on the road and having to repass all the cars I already passed. I don't want to backtrack. I don't want to do this over again. I, I feel like I've just extended my trip. 
by having to pass more cars. It's a mental thing. I'm weird. I know. That's me. And I don't drive super crazy. You can ask my wife. I really don't. I really don't. I don't think. She... Maybe not ask her. Don't ask her. No. But you don't want to have to backtrack. You don't want to get to your destiny and be missing something that's vital to you fulfilling what God's called you to do. And so he ends up here and his heart's troubled him now. The, 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 the spirit of God on the inside is saying, you don't want to go down this path because you've cut a corner. You ever cut corners in your life? You cut a corner. And see, this is the thing. Is he just cut a corner off of a robe and if he would have gone further with that, he would have gotten a corner of a robe when God wanted to give him the whole thing. God knows what he's doing. God knows how to get you where you need to be. And you have to trust in him and, and rest in him. He's, he, he's got a corner of the robe and so his heart's troubling him because he had cut Saul's robe and he said to his men, now he's taking the lead here, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. Watch this, the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. As you go along this path, there will be opportunities to compromise and to cut off and, and, and to take these shortcuts, if you will, and, and it will compromise what's on the inside of you. And it will keep you from being prepared fully for what God has called you to. And in that process, notice that he was, he was surrounded by people that didn't see it the way he sees it. He sees Saul as what? The anointed one. He's still, he's, he's, he knows he's been anointed. He knows, he remembers the prophet came to him, anointed him with oil. I'm the anointed one. But he's not going to raise his hand, stretch out his hand, cause himself to attack something that if, if, if God has called him to it, God will fulfill it. And sometimes I think that we have a trust issue, if you will, with what can God really do with the call on my life? What can God really do with the purpose that I know I'm destined for? There will always be these opportunities to cut down and cut back and take these shortcuts, cut these corners in our lives where it looks like it's been set up for you. It looks like this is the plan of God, but you've got to know on the inside and not be moved by what's on the outside. I've always had voices on the outside try to help tell me what God wants to do, help instruct me, help direct me. The only way you have that type of sensitivity is if you stay close to God. The only way you'll have that type of sensitivity is if you'll stay close 
to God. God told me this last night as I was kind of looking over some of this. He said, there, there has to be an intimacy with him. And immediately, you know, for most of us, when we think of that, especially married people, when you think of intimacy, you think of a closeness that you, you should not and, and, and hopefully not have with anybody else. But he told me this. He said, intimacy is directed by information. Information. We think of physical closeness, physical touch. But he said, it's deeper than that. It's not closeness in proximity that makes me intimate. It's closeness in mentality, closeness in what I know. Because there are people, you know, there's people every weekend that have intercourse, but that's not intimacy because they don't know anything about each other. They don't, they, there's no relationship. There's no bond there. But David, we know later on, uh, is spoken of David that he was a man after God's own heart. I have found that many times more people or people are more interested in God's purpose for their life than who he is in their life. We, want, we all have the question, I wanna know what God wants from me. What's my purpose? What, what does God want me to do? Where does God want me to be? But here's the thing that I have found out in my life, that if you'll get to know the person, you'll discover the purpose. You'll discover what they want and what they don't want, what they like and what they don't like. And maybe, maybe purpose will come into our lives as a byproduct of knowing the person, knowing who he is, as Paul said, and the power of his resurrection. I am not interested in just getting stuff from God. That's just kind of been on me lately. I don't know what it is. That's just been kind of directing a lot of my messages recently. I don't want his stuff without knowing him. And that's what David is saying here. He's troubled in his heart because he says, wait a minute, if I do this, sure, I may, I may get to the place, but I'll compromise the preparation. I'll compromise the purpose. And ultimately I'll compromise this relationship because if that's not how God wants me to obtain it, then I don't want it. If that's not the route God wants me to go, then I don't want to get to that destination without what God has for me along the journey. We have to recognize this. There's a perspective that's required if you're gonna remain on the path. There's a perspective, there's a certain way that you have to see things. And you know, we talk about this a lot, but our lives are really governed by our perspective, not what it really is. It's your perception of things that really determines how you respond, how you act, how you behave, the things you partake of. It's your perspective. It's how you see it, not what you actually see. David here in this moment, guess what? He's got to be mature enough and disciplined enough to put on a different set of lenses. He had to see King Saul 
the way God saw King Saul. Now, nobody else saw it that way. And you know, typically, when you put on a kingdom lens, when you put on a lens that God has, you might be the only one in the room that sees it that way. Anybody witness with me? Everybody else is saying, no, man, you need to do this. This is your opportunity. This is your window. And you're saying, no, no, it's not it. David in this moment, and think about this. These men, sure, they they want this guy gone because guess what? They're all gonna rise to being a a, a supporter and and having uh, worked for the king. Uh, They're running away from his threats will end. They're highly invested in this thing. If you take this guy out right now, guess what? We're all free. There's an opportunity while they were being chased around by King Saul where uh, they, they came uh, uh, to this battle and, 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 and these people came and took all their wives and all their children as slaves. Man, how, how does that feel, David? You could have ended this thing back in chapter 24. And now here we are, oppressed, People have come and taken our wives, taken our children. We can't fight back. What are we supposed to do? And they turned, even David's own men turned on him. It said that they began to pick up stones to kill him. And it says of David that he had to encourage himself in the Lord. He had to bring himself to a position that I'm on his purpose, I'm on his plan, I'm on his path. And regardless of what comes against me, the path to your purpose may get more difficult before it gets easier. Ask Jesus. Jesus was doing really good at age 30. Fast forward to age 33, he's lost just about everybody, even the ones that were following him around and so excited to see him and and, and, and asking him to stay in their towns. Now they're like, dude, don't come here. We don't want any of that. And then ultimately he's arrested for doing nothing. And then the, own, the, the, the ones that were with him, the closest, the 12 even abandoned, abandoned him. What, 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 is that an indicator that I'm on the wrong path? Absolutely not. It might be an indicator that you're on the right path. The challenges and the adversity and even the ones that were once for you have now turned against you might be an indicator that you're moving in the right direction. Now, I'm not telling you to go tick off everybody around you and, and, and try to cause something. Well, man, let's, let's make this as difficult as possible, as quick as possible so we can get it over with and we can get to the purpose. That's not how it works. You've got to stay on God's timeline. You've got to got, stay on God's path. It goes on to say that he recognized that he would not raise his hand against the Lord's anointed. So David restrained his servants with these words and did not allow them to rise against Saul. And Saul got up from the cave and he went on his way. The thing about God's promises and the thing about God's purpose 
is he is the one that fulfills it. God is the one that fulfills his promises. We know his word tells us that he who promised is faithful to perform. My job, what I'm supposed to do, my responsibility is to stay on the path to allow him to perform. I have to stay on the path. David could have easily sought promotion and many times when we seek promotion, we'll compromise purpose. He could have sought, he, he could have easily gotten himself there. He could have taken steps, taken measures, uh, uh, taken Saul out, and been exactly what he had been called to do. But you have to do God's plan his way. The Bible tells us that many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's his what? His purpose that prevails. It's his purpose. We'll have ideas. We'll have directions. And this is where being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is so necessary because you are given a creative ability to see paths and to make plans. Absolutely. I encourage people all the time. Have a plan. Have a plan. Know what your next step is gonna be. Just don't be stuck to the plan. Be able to hear from God. But I can tell you right now, God wants to use people that have plans. God wants to use people that can use their own abilities to formulate steps and directions. But then ultimately you have to be the one to follow his step. God isn't using people that sit idly by in, in prayer closets and, 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 and quiet rooms. Okay, God, when, when's the next thing? You're gonna have to go in and put in some, some applications and attend some interviews. You're gonna have to start walking in love to your spouse and not waiting for them to walk in love to you. You're gonna have to start being generous with your finances, with what you have now. People, we always have the hardest time starting with where we're at. Because God shows us the end. What's the first step? What's, what is what I can do today? What can you do today? What has God showed you about your life? And what can you do today to start moving in that direction? What can you do right now? I mean, uh, uh, Matt Webb shared a powerful testimony of a word that came to him right here in a service. And I didn't even know about that. God can speak to you right here, right now and start directing your life. You have to be willing to take those next steps. You have to be willing to walk the path, take the journey that he has you on. It's not our plans that accomplish God's purpose. It's not our plans that help that accomplish God's purpose. Hallelujah. Go with me, if you will, to Philippians. I don't have this in there, guys. Philippians chapter three. And we've all seen this. I wanna close with this. The 
pathway to purpose. It may seem different than what you thought it was going to be. It may take you in a direction that you thought you would never have to go down. And there will always be risks. There will always be opportunities to do just as David's men told him, to do it your way. There's people in the Bible that tried to fulfill God's plan their way. But this is what Paul says in Philippians chapter three, verse 12. Philippians chapter three and verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on. What's that? That's the path. That's the path. He's recognizing right out of the gate. I don't have it all together. This thing isn't finished. I haven't completed. God hasn't completed his work in me. So guess what? I'm pressing on. Now you don't have to use the word press if there isn't pressure. We have to quit confusing pressure as an indication that we're going the wrong direction. We have to quit confusing pressure as an indicator that we're not on the path to God and that apparently the path of God smells like cherries. There's roses everywhere and everybody gets along and it always makes sense. I'm sure David could say these same words about that 14-year journey just to get to the palace. I press on that I may lay hold of, watch this, that which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I'm working to accomplish something. I'm working to, to lay hold of, I'm work, working to get access to the thing to which God has called me to do. I've got to, I've got to lay hold of it. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Worship team, if you'd come. I just wanna encourage you today. God has a great purpose. God has a great plan. God has great things in store for you. And many of you may be sitting in this room and you've gotten glimpses. You've been shown pieces of what that looks like. But I'm telling you today, there is a path to purpose. On this path, you must remain disciplined. On this path, you must remain submitted to his call and to his purpose. On this path, you must remain diligent to seek his face. The intimacy, let me tell you something. You may get God's purpose and God's plan in intimacy, but the intimacy must grow and deepen even further. Sometimes you don't even have pressure until the purpose shows up. You were doing just fine until God called you. <laughs> you had everything you needed until God showed you where you were going. And then you realize I'm not qualified. I, I thought I was doing okay, but you were doing okay on your standards. 
everybody was for you as long as you were just going through life. But now purpose has started to show up. Now you've got a call on your life. Now you're starting to see some direction. Now you're starting to see things move in a certain way. And now all of a sudden, it's like gates hell's just opened up on you. All of a sudden, it's like you woke the devil up. Many times the purpose of God will put a bullseye on your back. Because guess what? There's someone out there that doesn't want that purpose fulfilled. There's someone out there that doesn't want that plan to succeed. But the great thing about the path, if you remain on the path, you remain in God's protection. You remain in God's provision. Everything you need to accomplish your purpose will come your way. You will remain in God's preparation for your life. He will prepare you. He will make you qualified. He will develop you because He wants to do a work in you so He can do a work through you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaith.austin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.